Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey everyone, Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, November 9th, 2023. Our dear friend Alistair Crook joins us now. Alistair, always a pleasure, my friend. You have been writing extensively and given all of us much food for thought. And uh, much of it is about Israel and Gaza and the externality, the long-term effects on other parts of the world. And I want to discuss that at some length. But before we do, one or two questions for you uh, to unpack with respect to uh, Ukraine. Uh, Last weekend, the uh, commander-in-chief of the military, General Zeluzhny, gave an interview to The Economist magazine, which you and I read regularly, um, in which he said that the military is at a stalemate. The military uh, conflict is at a stalemate. Uh, He was uh, denounced by the um, uh, Zelensky administration. Uh, Within two days, the following happened. His chief of staff was murdered uh, when a a booby-trapped birthday present exploded uh, in his face. And President Zelensky announced that there would be no elections in 2024. Can you connect the dots? Uh, Yes. This is the end game. Uh, and the regime in Kiev is starting um, to fragment and come apart. And the Russian national security advisor the other day said, you know, there are some sane voices out there, uh, and they're beginning to sort of break away from Zelensky and the, particularly the hardliner inner circle who are really ultranationalists and will not concede or have any discussions of any sort. I mean, that's they're really the absolutists. And you're beginning to see it. Zaluzhny very clearly positioned himself um, away um, from Zelensky. And then we had, yes, as you say, um, this assassination. And I think what we're going to see is the slow defections away out of um, Kiev. Uh, and uh, Russia is waiting to welcome people who can talk, they can talk with seriously. So the end games happen. The military side of it's over. And now we've moved into a sort of new phase uh, of moving gently towards some sort of political outcome. I don't think there's about to be negotiations. Um, That's still a long way off, I think. But we're now in the sort of uh, between times. 
whether it's because of the um, uh, steadfast uh, resistance on the part of the Republicans in the House of Representatives uh, or the uh, uh, focus of the United States government on uh, Israel or a realization that what you just said is more likely than not, has the West, led by the United States, lost interest in Ukraine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, the, what happened in, in Israel and in Gaza is, is completely absorbing the in, attention. And um, whether it is in Brussels or in Washington, I mean, they can't escape that. So that the attention is completely gone away from the Ukraine. And the money is gone, too. Even the EU can't give it any money at the moment. It's just promising some small sums, but they can't give them any large sums. So money is gone. The weapons aren't coming. Um, there are not enough men to fight. Um, and really, the whole system, I mean, it is just slowly breaking down, essentially. So, uh, yes, it's over. It's, I mean, that's part of it, the kinetic part of it. Is largely over, except that Russia is moving quite quickly on this town called Adevka, which is quite a fulcral city just next to Donetsk, from where much, I mean, it's the most defended city um, in, in the north uh, that the Ukrainians still hold. And that is going to, that is on the point. I mean, the Russians are really putting men into that, 40,000 or more. I mean, you know, this is serious. They're intending to to finish that. And I think that's going to be another point at which we'll see probably, you know, more more defections, more military commanders deciding to call it quits and ring up friends in Moscow. So what happens to uh, President uh, Zelensky? Uh, he can't engage in negotiations because the Nazis on his right wing will kill him. Uh, he doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to run for re-election. What does he do? I think when when <clears throat> Zelushny or some other military commander has got a, a critical mass of support, uh, then he'll be told to go to Italy, to his Tuscan estate, and um, be off with you and take your money and go. And I think the United States is ready for that. It's very clear that they want him gone. There's been so much negative journalism about Zelensky um, of late, which shows that they are also bored with um, Zelensky and want him um, okay. to, to go. Switching uh, gears to uh, the other hotspot, uh, Israel is destroying Gaza. Can it destroy Hamas? Uh, well, it is certainly succeeding in destroying Gaza. I mean, it is leveling, particularly Gaza City. It is leveling the city, but it is also destroying the civilian infrastructure. It is destroying schools and um, hospital entrances uh, and um, also the solar panels which powered the hospitals, also the water supply for the hospitals, also the bakeries. And this is clearly an effort to remove the population from the north and to force them because, you know, there's just no food. There hasn't been bread in Gaza for some days. There's hardly any water to drink or, or wash. Um, they're in under continual threat from the air. This is not Hamas. These are just civilians. But they, Israel is threatening to level the whole of Gaza and wanting to remove, um, displace the entire population of the north. 
down to the south. Now, at the same time, um, in Gaza, Hamas is not affected by this. It's deep underground in these tunnels. They're not sitting in the hospital. They have their own hospital about 60 meters underground. They have their own stores. They have their own mechanical equipment. And they don't, uh, and they're, they're at a level that is too deep for the Israelis to be able to, 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 to reach them. So their main fighting force is, is not present. It's noticeable. We don't see dead Hamas forces. I mean, maybe one or two, but I mean, not like Ukraine. You don't see it. I mean, I know Israel claims successes, but so far Israel has not got out of its tank and its tanks and its armored personnel carriers. They like to stay well protected and not get out onto the ground. And, and Hamas is waiting for the, the right moment to engage um, militarily when, when uh, the Israelis are forced, if they want to finish off Gaza as they say they do, that means they've got to get out house to house. And that's when we'll find them popping out of these, what I call throwaway tunnels. These are tunnels that, you know, they expect it's not, they're not deeply hidden. They're not deeply dug. They're there and then they're just a quick exit for one or two men to get out, place an explosive device on a tank, quickly go back, shoot a rocket at it, down the tunnel, and then collapse the tunnel so that the Israelis can't use it. Finish. They'll never use it again. They'll use another tunnel. That's how That's how it's operating. So, uh, Haaret Aretz, the uh, highly regarded uh, Israeli daily newspaper, reports 330 to 350 IDF killed. Is it is it possible that more IDF have been killed by Hamas than Hamas have been killed by IDF, notwithstanding Prime Minister Netanyahu's boasts to the contrary? Yes, it's very difficult. I mean, we have to be very cautious of all these numbers that are being banded around. But there's no doubt that the uh, Israelis are suffering much more casualties. If you read Haaretz, you'll only see officers' names all described as having been killed. No ordinary ranks. And that suggests that, you know, the numbers that they're giving uh, in some people are presenting uh, are on the low side. We mm. haven't seen any sign from the rubble or anywhere else of someone pulling out a Hamas uh, soldier or, or even a weapon. I've yet to see a weapon come out of the, the rubble. I've watched the uh, Jabali camp at the other sites. You don't see that very much. No, because they're all sitting deep underground, you know, in their dormitories and all of their equipment and their excavation machinery in those huge, I mean, unparalleled, really, facilities that they've created deep underneath the, the, the ground. And so far, Israel has been unable to reach them. So the main uh, fighting force is not engaged yet. Two, two sides to this uh, question. What is achieved? by the slaughter of children and women and utter innocence? And what are the international consequences of such a slaughter? This is the key. And this is the thing that is, I think, really, that's what I described when the elephant in the room, is that this is nothing to do with destroying Hamas. Hamas is underneath the earth, far down. What it is, is actually 
making parts of the north of Gaza, first of all, the north of Gaza, unlivable. No bread, no water, no equipment, no facilities, forcing, if you like, uh, a displacement, a cleansing of the whole of the north of Gaza. And it's quite clear from what the, the, they are saying is that this is intended, this is intended really to persuade the population to put more pressure so that they will, they hope in due course, although there's no sign of it at the moment, they can get rid of them altogether from Gaza and into Egypt, into the Sinai Desert. Although Egypt reaffirms time and time again, no, we won't take a hundred, we won't take a thousand, we are not going to take any more. But at the same time, the Egyptians are getting very fed up and they've said so now at the way Israeli is stopping and restricting the humanitarian assistance. It's rationing it, trying to put more pressure on people to leave and first of all to move to the south and then it will be more pressure on on the south. There have been a displacement but there were, my estimates, about 900,000 still in, in Gaza City in, in the north. I guess maybe 50,000 are now on their way to the south, the displacing are literally as refugees trying to get out of the bombing in the north. But the civilian loss, I mean, this is really mobilizing and, you know, radicalizing the world, watching these, these videos and the children, I mean, dying and, their parents dead, and I think you've seen some of the uh, people um, even playing on CNN who've come back from Gaza saying how terrible the slaughter is. It really is something very, very, I mean, this is ethnic cleansing that is taking place. This is, this is the elephant in the room for Biden and for the United States and for Europe. They are tied to a process of ethnic cleansing, which is driving the Middle East nuts. The passions are getting higher and higher. And at the same time, what we see in Israel, increasingly people are talking in apocalyptic terms about the future. They talk about the Palestinian civilians there as not being innocents in the word of one cabinet member. And they're talking about what the settlers are doing in the West Bank. These are our biblical lands. Increasingly, we are seeing it turning into an eschatological um, debate about the biblical Israel and these people who are um, attacking us and killing us like the Amaleks did some thousands of years ago. So, I mean, it's becoming much, much harder for anyone to intervene when the mood turns like that. And just to be clear, over 80% of um, Israelis, left and right, share those sentiments about wanting to, if you like, erase all Palestinians from Gaza. I mean, eradicate all Palestinians from, from Gaza because they feel there's no innocence. They're all complicit because they have had and they have nurtured a Hamas within themselves, that therefore they are party of it, and they cannot claim to be um, non-combatants at all. So it's getting very, very much more fraught, this exercise. If uh, Israel is engaged in uh, ethnic cleansing, if it is intentionally 
uh, slaughtering uh, innocents. These are clearly war crimes. Israel is using American uh, equipment and ammunition to say nothing of American popular moral, political, and PR uh, support. Is Joe Biden, is his administration, is the American government complicit in these war crimes? Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Uh. You know, uh, what the Israelis say is, of course, they're moving these people and persuading them forcibly to go because they're starving, um, is for humanitarian purposes. But that's entirely bogus. This is ethnic cleansing that is taking place. And as I've tried to explain, you know, this isn't, I mean, the war on Hamas is not involved. Hamas, uh, you know, 60 meters beneath the surface. They're not engaged in this at all. They're not killing Hamas. It's not saying we have to do this because, you know, uh, Hamas might pop up and then suddenly kill us. Hamas are not in the hospitals there. They have their own hospital buried underground, which is where they where they are going. So it isn't, it is, it is entirely that. And what concerns me is the time is running out for the United States and for the Biden administration, which has tied itself so closely to this um, operation in Gaza. Time is running out because sentiment in the United States, in Europe, but more around the world is getting impassioned about what they see because they see it much more clearly in the rest of the world, what's happening, because it's all over their television stations 24 hours. Is this a danger to American national security, the general international uh, recognition of the fact that uh, uh, the uh, Israeli ethnic cleansing is paid for by the U.S. taxpayer? Of course. Of course. And that's what it's seen everywhere. I mean, whether it's in the global south, but that doesn't matter so much. But everyone sees, you know, the the the, uh, the airlift of heavy lift um Airplanes and and the United States announces it. They're sending you know 270 tons of new bombs to 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 Israel, which has already dropped 25,000 tons of bombs on Gaza. And I, I mentioned that because you know in Hiroshima, the big nuclear bomb that was dropped, and that was only 15 kilotons, 15,000 tons. Israel has already dropped 25,000 tons, and of course, the United States is rushing more um, bombs uh, to Israel to meet it, it, its needs. And this is why the sentiment in the region is becoming dangerous in places like Iraq. And I just want to emphasize, because I know some of these people, 
the, 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 the Hadash, which they, they call, um, they term as sort of uh, Iranian-linked militants, uh, are not that at all. Some of them are. Some of them are Shi and are very close to Iran, very close to Iran. But many of these people um, are, are actually Sunni and Shi and Sunni and Shi mixed. And these are Iraqi nationalists. They don't take their orders um, from Iran. They are militia in their own right. Some of them are very wealthy. They're well armed. And at the moment, they are attacking um, American bases, the 12 bases in Iraq regularly, every day, and now are increasingly using sophisticated cruise missiles. They call it the Al-Quds-1, but it's a proper cruise missile, um, which is at supersonic speed, very hard for America. It's being pushed really hard there. That's why last night the United States attacked because they believe all these, uh, the, the, the stories that they're sort of Iran-linked, they believe the stories, so they attack bases again in Syria. Um, the, the Syrians turned on their targeting mechanisms on the air defenses, but did not fire at the two F-16 or F-15 Israeli planes that uh, crossed in and bombed these. Nine people, nine Iranians, or nine people associated with it were killed in these attacks. So the pressure is mounting all the time, and it's getting more dangerous um, and more difficult, if you like, um, to curb this, um, to curb the crease and, and stop it um, increasing. It's the same as we've seen Yemen just shoot down the Yemenis, the Houthis shot down a Reaper, a, a 32 million um, American surveillance drone. It's not unmanned, but it's a drone. But it's an expensive drone, one of the top end of them. They shot it down the other day. And in the north of Lebanon, um, the exchanges with uh, Hezbollah increase all the time. What is the uh, purpose of the American strike forces, the uh, aircraft carrier surrounded by other uh, offensive uh, ships in the eastern Mediterranean uh, and in the uh, Red Sea? Well, it's a sort of default response from the, the Pentagon, you know, let's send these big ships. I mean, actually those big ships are the most vulnerable things. I don't know why America goes on with these huge um, aircraft carriers um, because they're so vulnerable to modern missiles. And Hamas has modern anti-ship missiles. It has very sophisticated anti-ship missiles in its armory and is, and has used them before. So uh, it's it's not that, but I mean, what we're seeing and what the resistance, the unified resistance front, as they call themselves, um, are doing is slowly heating up place after place, Yemen, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon. It's a sort of slow, careful, managed escalatory process that is taking place to increase the pain on the United States until it does what Hassan Nasrallah said, you know, we will not go further into this conflict, any of us, any of the unified resistance, providing Hamas is not in danger. If it is survival is threatened, then all options are open and we mm. will do what we think we need to do. 
they didn't withdraw, but for time being, but the idea that they're all wanting Iran or Hezbollah wanting to dive into a major huge war, they, people have got it wrong and therefore the aircraft carriers are irrelevant. This is a slow boiling of the American defense frog until it experiences enough pain to make sure that Israel stops uh, the civilian deaths in Gaza. However, I don't know and I don't think that America is able to stop um, Israel in its present mood because passions are raised there really uh, to the height. Here's uh, Admiral Kirby, uh, cut 10, Chris, on the strike groups that you've been talking about and on American national security. You always got to be careful when you're talking about national security decisions. Uh, we've said it from the very beginning. We don't want to see any actor escalate or deepen or widen this conflict. And that is why the president has ordered two carrier strike groups to be uh, close by and, and in the region, both in the Mediterranean and in the Gulf region. Uh, we have added air and missile defense capabilities. We've added aircraft squadrons. Uh, we have sent a very strong signal that we have significant national security interests at play here. We don't want to see anybody try to take advantage of this fight against Israel and Hamas. Good Lord, that's the opposite of what you just said. Does he know what he's yeah. talking about? No, I mean, you know, uh, the, and there is a real danger because I've described some of these, um, these militia in, in, in Iraq. They are not under anyone's control. I mean, they're right. ultra, these people are strong Iraqi nationalists. They have a religious sanction uh, from Al-Azhar University, from the Ayatollah, from Khamenei. Everyone has said... You know, it's right to support religiously. It's a duty to support the Palestinians. So they have religious cover. They have money and weapons. And, you know, no one can control them. And as this thing escalates and as the, the continuation of um, the, the killings and bombings in Gaza continues, any one of these groups can go and attack and cause many more um, deaths uh, on some of these uh, American bases. There are 12 or more in, just in Iraq. I'm not talking about in Syria. And right. they're not that well protected. They're not that well protected. You uh, mentioned earlier the uh, majority of Israelis having had enough with Palestinians and wishing that Gaza would go away. How, how if at all, has this translated into political support, if at all? Uh, for Prime Minister Netanyahu, is is he likely to be out of office as soon as the war is over, or has he, as he's done in the past, turned things around to his own favor, even at the price of innocent blood? Uh, I think it's too too early to to say, but I have said to you before. I mean, yes, there's a huge antipathy towards Netanyahu as a person and responsible as many uh, as most Israelis see it for what happened on the 7th of October, a neglect, if you like, um, together with that of the, the military and the intelligence. Um, but this is much deeper. I mean, what we're talking about is the, the, I mean, let us be clear, they want vengeance. They want retribution, uh, scores settled with the Palestinians. Uh, for what happened on the 7th of October. There's an overwhelming, strong, passionate force. Um, and so even the moderates, like 
Isenkot, General Eisenkot, and Gantz, who were put in by America to give it a sort of stabilizing effect against the extreme right wing in the government. But even they are talking, and left-wing politicians like, like Lapid saying, you know, this is our biblical lands. What are these peoples doing here? They have no, they are complicit. There are no innocents. They are all, um, if you like, um, you know, these, these people are, uh, have been compromised by Hamas. And so it's fine what's happening. So there's no protests about the bombing. If there's a protest, it's because the army has been slow and hasn't done enough of going in and cleansing it uh, as they would like to see it on foot, a real invasion of Hamas and the removal of uh, the Palestinians to Egypt. Can the United States prevent a real invasion of Hamas and the forced evacuation of two million Palestinians to the sea or to Egypt? I don't think they can. I mean, I think uh, often it's overrated what um, America can do in these circumstances. And why I say that was I was once attached to Senator Mitchell's presidential fact-finding committee in, in um, about the first intifada in, in Palestine. And I remember, you know, the senator would go and he'd have a talk with the prime minister, it was Ehud Barak at the time, and say, I want these checkpoints lifted around the West Bank. And he was told, it'll be done. And then I would be sent out and I would go out and I'd say, well, let me just check and I'll come back to you tomorrow. And I'd come back and say, yes, senator, they were all lifted and reimposed within 24 hours. And then when he goes back to see the prime minister after this and says, but you promised. He, he gets flustered and picks up the phone and says, what's happened on the, to those checkpoints? I mean, he phones them directly and they come back and they say, he says, very shamefaced. He says, well, maybe next week or the week after, would that be all right, Senator? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 it's a game. The, the, army would, the army wouldn't have it. You know, no. the prime minister says yes, but the army says, no, we're not having that. And so I do think people expect too much from Washington and the United States, particularly because Congress is not in the White House's power on this issue, on the Israeli issue. Um, Israel has huge influence, of course, uh, enormous in influence over Congress, the House of Congress in, in the U.S. Alistair Crook, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Thank you so much. Thank for your you. insight and uh, and for your time. We look forward to seeing you uh, next week. Thanks. Monday, I believe, next week. Monday. All the best, my dear friend. And to you. Thanks. Thank you. Coming up uh, later today, Professor Jeffrey Sachs. This is our big brain day. Alistair Crook, Professor Jeffrey Sachs, uh, Professor John Mearsheimer. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.